Today, I'm going to tell you three stories that'll help you start a company in 2021. But first, I want to talk about lifeguards. A family member of mine is a lifeguard in California. Over the holidays, we walked up to his stand, which is more of a house on the beach than a stand, to deliver some socially distanced Christmas presents. He's one of the most polite people I have ever met, but he was clearly distracted as we dropped off the gifts. He never took his eyes off the water. I asked what he was looking at, and he pointed out to two surfers. He said he'd likely have to go out there and grab them soon. They were getting tired, losing their form, drifting, splashing a bit more when paddling after waves than they had before. Then, he pointed out a current they were on the edge of that worked like a gigantic moving walkway, pulling everything out to sea. I saw the surfers he'd singled out, but to me they looked exactly like the other 75 surfers immediately surrounding them. Someone in our group started to ask him a question about how often he got on the water when he cut them off mid-sentence and grabbed his board. He sprinted down the beach, glided into the water, and in roughly a minute was 100 yards out, ushering the two surfers out of the current and into the calmer water. I'm a New York kid, and I always just assumed lifeguards sort of sat around until someone started drowning. But that's not the job. They'll certainly do that if they have to, but the goal is to save people before there's a catastrophe. To be so familiar with the water, with the surfers, with the signs that lead up to a serious event, to be able to recognize it and preempt it. 2021 is going to be the single best year to start a startup in the past 50. Consequential companies are going to be started next year. We're going to look at 2021 as an inflection point. There will be massive behavior change, and with that will come products and services that support the new behaviors. And to succeed, you're going to have to be a lifeguard. You've got to be able to see the world you choose differently than anyone else does. People often mistake these sorts of instincts as being innate. Certainly some of it is, but much more of it is learned, taught, and practiced. These stories today will help you get there, to that place where you can look out and see something different from what everyone else sees. I'm Brian Scordato, and this is the Idea to Start Up podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. It's our last episode of 2020, and we want to thank you for listening. It's been a crazy year, and I hope you got through it as best as you possibly could. Five-second reflection on 2020 for Idea to Startup because I'm a sappy guy. Our podcast grew more than tenfold, and I appreciate everyone who listened, shared, and reached out. Keep sending thoughts and questions to us. Brian at GetTackleBox.com works for that. And as always, if you need some help starting and building a startup idea in 2021, head to GetTackleBox.com. We've got an accelerator cohort starting January 13th, and we're accepting signups for the self-serve product that'll launch around the same time. Now, let's get back to the important stuff. Our first story comes from a friend of a friend. The story starts, as basically every story in 2020 did, on a Zoom call. This one was with a group of friends for a holiday happy hour. At the patented Zoom 17-minute awkward silence mark, You've been on these Zoom calls, you know the one I'm talking about, right after everyone gives their two-minute update and it becomes clear no one has any new stories to tell. Someone said, hey, hey, Sarah, not her real name, tell Brian your startup idea. No, no, not in front of everyone. I was off the hook. But then I saw everyone already on mute, nodding their heads like bobbleheads, and I knew it was happening. Okay, fine, but I'm still really early. Think of it kind of like Warby Parker for jewelry. 
People buy jewelry, but the experience of trying on jewelry in the store isn't good. And during the pandemic, it's impossible. But even after the pandemic, it's always going to be a better experience to be able to hold the jewelry, to put it on, to see how it looks with different outfits before you decide to buy it. You get three pieces and keep the one you like, just like Warby Parker. And the best part is, it'll help small jewelers. When people want to get a special, unique ring, like a big ruby or something, they usually just end up going to David Yerman. We would highlight and partner with boutique jewelers, so our site would become a destination, a place to search and buy unique, local pieces, but still have the experience of allowing you to try them on that the bigger stores can't provide. It was beautifully pitched. There was furious, muted nodding from the rest of the Zoom call. All babies are cute. I could feel everyone looking at me now, the startup guy, expecting me to either tear her to shreds or to tell her how great the idea was. I chose instead to say nothing, and so the pitch continued. I've got a creative agency ready to build out the site. It'll be on Shopify, and we're building in an integration to allow boutique jewelers to update their inventory on our site in real time. My customer needs a certain design aesthetic, minimal pops of color, that sort of thing. They'll handle all of that so we look great from day one. Like all ideas, it wasn't good or bad. It just was. I kind of think of ideas at this stage like bananas. They come in bunches, they're everywhere, and they're all kind of the same. Because I just don't know the customer. I don't know if they're frustrated with David Yerman. I don't know if they buy more than one ring a year. I don't know why they buy the rings in the first place or what the job to be done is for a ring. I'm looking out at the water and I have no idea what I'm seeing. So I dug in a bit. I asked, what have the boutique jewelers you've spoken with said? She responded that she hadn't spoken with them yet, but, quote, they're dying. Small businesses are getting crushed. She didn't think it would be hard to get them on board once the site was up. My next question was, and what have the customers said? She replied, they all love it. I tell them about the ability to try on rings and keep the ones they like, and it's a business model that they're used to from Warby. Everyone's into it. My next question, how will you acquire new customers? She responded, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, influencers, all the normal stuff. My last question, how do you know this is actually a problem for customers? She replied, it's not really a problem. It'd just be better. Warby Parker wasn't solving a real problem. People were able to get sunglasses. It was just more convenient to have them all mailed and allow you to try them on. It's never been easier to start a startup than it will be in 2021, but it has never been as hard to get attention as it will be in 2021. If you have or have access to $15,000, you can get what I call a startup in a box, a millennial branded website on Shopify. But in the words of one of the superhero movies that I'm forgetting, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Let's look if this startup is a should. Starting with the small business. Yes, small businesses are in trouble. No, that doesn't mean they're just going to jump at something because it exists. In fact, they're far less likely to try something when they're in trouble. When you're threatened, do you take a risk? Or do you revert back to what feels safe and has created results for you in the past? When you've had to fire staff because you can't make money, are you then 
ready to test out a new startup, even if it's free? No, you're going to buckle down. Unless someone is solving a clear, urgent, immediate problem for you and you already trust them, you're going to go with what's worked in the past. And on Facebook and Instagram ads, how do you compete? You think David Yerman hasn't thought of this already? They're spending $25,000 a month minimum in Instagram ads to get to your exact customer. Are you going to beat them out at that? This founder is looking at the ocean and seeing what everyone else does. And if you do that, except with one one hundredth of the budget that everyone else is doing it with, it's not going to end well. I don't know a ton about this customer, but I do know how to test. Here's what I suggested. First, figure out what side of the marketplace you'll lead with. Who needs you more? Once you figure that out, start with the other side. They'll be harder to get. Next, facilitate a test. Get 15 rings from one or two boutiques up on a Squarespace page you build yourself. If you really need it to be designed, go on a design marketplace like Fiverr or go on Canva yourself and figure out how to make it look good enough. Find customers through a unique channel. I don't know it because I don't know this customer, but who's really interested in the unique type of ring you'll sell first? Who really needs to try them on? Who's buying frequently? Who's hit an inflection point where they need to buy? I'm making this up completely, but maybe it's brides getting jewelry for their bridesmaids as a gift and to wear at the wedding. Maybe the bride will send each of them the three that they get to decide from, and then they keep the one they like. If that's the customer, great. We can now forget Instagram and find a channel specific to the bride and to the wedding. Then facilitate it, however you have to. Get those rings in the hands of customers. Then talk to them before, during, after, whether they buy or not. The job here is to learn. I can't begin to imagine the logistical challenges that are going to come up with the jewelers once you start renting out rings. Do that all by hand. Figure out what's the hardest piece, then figure out how to build software to automate that. Don't worry about complex real-time inventory until you know it's a problem. I meet tons of founders like this, the ones who pitch and build the story of their startup. In 2021, you definitely need to tell a story, but not the story about your startup or the story about small businesses dying and people liking to try on jewelry before they buy. That stuff's all inconsequential. The lesson from our first story comes from the great writer E.B. White, who says, quote, don't talk about man, talk about a man. Pick your man or your woman, the one you're doing this all for, and get them, in this case, a ring. And on the business side, pick the best possible retail partner and rent out their rings. Then tell that story to yourself, to your customers, to everyone. That's how you'll start a business in 2021. The way to eventually tell the big story is to start by telling the smallest possible story that you can. That's how you can look at the ocean and see something different. Story number two. I hope that story number one didn't bum you out. Warby Parker for jewelry might yet be great, but 2021 will be the year of hard truths, at least coming from the idea to start up podcast. Tough love, but love all the same. Story number two is about plants, and it's about Pixar. I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that there are only two companies on earth that if they offer me the right job, I'd stop working on Tacklebox today and go work for them. 
Pixar is one, Nike is the other. The writers at Pixar are the greatest storytellers of our time. There's an article I mentioned way back in season one of the podcast called Pixar's 22 Rules for Storytelling that I probably reference personally every month. I'll pop it in the show notes. One of the rules will be particularly important in 2021. This story is about that rule and the lead character is a plant. Well, a startup about plants. Early in quarantine, I was pitched a plant startup that would help people pick and care for houseplants. The thesis was rock solid. There are about to be a ton more home offices and offices in really any space are better with plants. But most people have no idea how to care for plants. When quarantine started, plant sales exploded. And so presumably did conversations with roommates or spouses about whether fig trees would actually have figs and if that succulent was supposed to be brown. And those Instagram ads that I scolded the last founder for thinking about, they worked for the plant startup, at least to start. People clicked, people bought, people got the care instructions, and then people disappeared. A huge first month turned into an okay second month, which turned into a tiny third month. 2021 is going to be all about moments. Lots of moments that used to be in person won't be for a while, if ever. And the moments startups should be concerned with are what we call at Tacklebox the ending moments. We call them the endings because they're the last part of a customer journey, when that customer shares, when they do the hardest thing you'll have to do as a founder, which is acquire customers. And they do it for you. The Pixar rule that's going to be important in 2021 is about endings too. It goes, quote, come up with your ending before you figure out your middle. Seriously, endings are hard. Get yours working up front. Back to plants. A good ending for a plant startup is the shareable moment when someone comes over to your apartment. They see the big fig tree in the corner and they comment on it. I've got a giant fig tree in my apartment and I named it Louise. I'm confident that every person who's ever set foot in my apartment has commented on how healthy Louise looks. She's like seven feet now. I dote on her. After the compliment, I tell them the nursery I got her from, and I'd say conservatively that eight people have bought the same tree from the same New York City nursery. I'm doing their hardest job for them. But that moment's gone now. No one's coming over, at least not for a while. The plant startup stopped growing because they hadn't scripted an ending. They needed to start with the moment that would be shared, a moment that made sense in 2020. Here's what I would have done. When I was helping someone buy a plant, I'd have mentioned how impactful they are in the back of a Zoom screen. How just having a plant in your eyeline is clinically proven to decrease anxiety and increase happiness. How it's the easiest thing you can possibly do to improve your performance on every call. Then. I'd make sure that everyone had a consultation with me setting up their plants in their room with their computer placement as part of the consult. What happens during the first two minutes of a Zoom? People try to recreate small talk. It never works, but I can guarantee if your Zoom background looks well thought out, people are going to comment on it. If you had two beautiful plants framing your screen, that would come up every single call. And every call would have everyone on the call knowing where they could get their own plants and where they could learn to care from them. The hard work would be done. Endings are tough. Orchestrating them kickstarts the giant game of telephone that'll help your company grow. 
Be thoughtful about them. Don't leave them to chance. Look at the water and see something different. The third story is a short one. It's also about a friend of mine. My friends are getting raked through the coals today. Anyway, this friend is raising money. He sent me along a deck and asked me to pass it to anyone I thought who might be interested. The deck was a deck. It was long, maybe 15 slides. A bunch of those slides had a lot of text. No one, and I mean no one, who doesn't know you personally will ever read through a deck and get what you want them to get out of it. They likely won't read through it at all. This third story combines the lessons from the first two. There's a seesaw I talk about a lot when you're trying to get someone to give you something. It could be their money, like in a fundraise. It could be their time, if you hire them. And it could be their money and their time, if they're a customer. That seesaw has proof on one side and relationship on the other. If you've got no proof, which comes in the form of traction if you're fundraising or testimonials if you're selling, you better have a personal relationship with the person you're selling too. If you have neither, like in the case of my friend and the case of lots of founders early on, you've got to lean on the two lessons we've mentioned earlier. First, E.B. White. Don't make it about man. Make it about a man. Tell a story. Preferably your story. I like using Mad Libs. This keeps it short. Here's one version of Mad Libs that could work for a fundraise. You don't need a deck. You need an email with this. This will start the conversation. I'll pop it in the show notes if you want. Here it is. Quote, I'm building X to capitalize on the confluence of these trends A, B, and C. I'm uniquely positioned to build X because of the perspective I gained from D, E, and F where D, E, and F are networks, experience, and skill sets that create a Venn diagram very few other people sit in the middle of. The biggest assumption I'm making is G, and I've run K tests to start proving to myself that the risk is worth taking. I'm confident this is a problem that needs solving because of Z, where Z is an observed behavior of a specific customer you'll start with, and also the beachhead of a larger market. Once you get that paragraph down, Find the most compelling piece of it, whatever it is, and create one sentence from it. That's your lead. And that's where the second lesson, endings, comes in. What actually happens with a pitch once you set it free? Someone else takes it, and now they're doing your job. They're pitching it internally if they have a fund, to their spouse if they're an angel, to their team if they're a customer. So if you make it compelling, digestible, and memorable, you make their job easier. Plan the ending, tell a specific story, show that you know the water. The difference between lifeguards and entrepreneurs is that we get to choose our ocean. We get to pick where we focus. Make sure the ocean you choose is one you see differently from everyone else and continue to zoom in and make sure that your perspective becomes more and more nuanced and becomes more and more differentiated from everyone else the further you go. This is the idea to start a podcast brought to you by Tacklebox. A special thank you to all my friends who are game with me talking about them today. And as always, if you've got a startup idea and a full-time job and want to start it right, head to gettacklebox.com. Have a great week.